Welcome to the second season of the Gutsy Health Podcast with Shanique Roney and Gina Warfel, where we share uncomplicated, practical, and affordable wellness education so you can be a self-healing champion. This episode is brought to you by the Gutsy Health Membership Program, a program that gives you inexpensive tools and resources to heal your mind, body, and soul. Visit our website at mygutsyhealth.com. Hey guys, welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. I have my co-host Gina Warfel with me and we have a very, very amazing guest. Like she's, oh my God. It's so (laughs) funny because when we do like these like beginning intros and we're getting to know people, like, like, you know, you kind of have to like feel out the waters and Meg Ricicci is like, she's, she's our vibe, man. She's like, she, she's the real deal. Like she's, she's such a homie. And so I can't (laughs) wait for you guys to, to, to hear what she has to say. We're talking about PCOS today and she's kind of an expert and she gets to the rootiest of root causes when it comes to PCOS and, and you guys, female hormones, they're a mess. Can we just, can we just call a spade a spade? Our hormones these days are working against us and we, and, and everyone's trying to balance them and figure them out. And PCOS is kind of like the beastiest of beastie hormonal imbalances. Mm. And so Meg, I bet there's just a ton of women here that are just psyched to hear what you have to say about PCOS and hormones and how, how we can support ourselves. So welcome, please tell listeners who (laughs) you are and why you're so amazing. You you gals are awesome. You are my peeps. (laughs) And I was so excited when you reached out a few months ago and then I finally got a notice from someone on your staff saying, uh, can you come on the show? So I was delighted that I could do it today on Friday. Fridays are the best days to record. They really are. So, um, yeah, I've been a women's integrative health practitioner for 27 years, a little over. And what that actually means is for me, when I started on this journey into women's health, I became an acupuncturist and studied Chinese medicine. Very cool. And uh, traveled about. I worked in a hospital and clinic in Saigon, traveled to Brazil, uh, traveled to Ireland, all over the place, and um, did my fair share of ayahuasca in Brazil and came to the conclusion that to find whatever I needed, all I had to do was go within and ask. Mm. Wow. I didn't need to travel to find myself, wow. but to go within. And that's wow. what I say to women. Let's go within. I love it. Let's, I'm about helping you to give birth to the best version of who you are. Oh, are so I are people. love that. I know, right? <laughs> I, oh my God. This is too that like, what a unicorn you are. Yeah. How many women do not really get that special love and care that we actually need. Like just this morning, I did a workout this morning and I was telling, uh, we were all talking about what are we doing today? And I said, I get to podcast today, interview someone on PCOS. And the girl next to me working out was like, oh my gosh, I swear I have PCOS. And I keep Mm. going to my doctors and I'm like, I think I have this. And they're like, "Eh, I don't, I don't really probably not. I don't think so. And she's like, I'm just in this, like no one understands me and nobody's listening. And so people like you are the unicorns that can really be like, this is what's going on. And this is how, you know, so I'm really excited for this conversation today because it's not enough. No, there isn't. And, and the journey for me was, uh, I was as an acupuncturist, I was about five years into practice and I started having a lot of women come in with fertility issues. And I thought at that time, and I didn't really understand PCOS then. And 
at that time, I thought, you know, I really have to have a better understanding of women's hormones, women's nutrition from a more functional Western perspective. So the way I view everything with women is that very East meets West approach. I, love I look it. at the energetics of the organs. I look in Chinese medicine, the liver is about movement. And when things stagnate, I look to the liver and, in, and from a Western perspective, when things get stuck, like hormones, how well are mm. we detoxing them, simplifying it? The uterus is considered the small heart. All healing wow. takes place in the big heart. How does that engage the uterus and the ovaries? How are they talking to one another? Mm -hmm. So as the years went by, I just became very, very geeky about nutrition and hormones. And one of the reasons for that is when I was in my teens and my 20s, I had eating disorder. I was anorexic and bulimic. And my journey to health and allowing women to kind of today, I hold the space for their journey, is that I had to learn how to heal and it, uh, establish a really good relationship with me. And I'm very thankful because I had a functional medicine doc, and I'm going back about 35 years, 40 years. Mm -hmm. That was really sweet and kind. I had a really great nutritionist. Um, I started working with healers. I did a lot of things to heal and therapy to establish a really good relationship with myself, sit with what I was feeling and learn how to lean into it without fear, but with a lot of grace. Mm -hmm. So in my early thirties, decided to go for school for acupuncture and here I am today. And what I've been seeing is when I lived in, I practiced in New York for 20 years and then I moved to Charleston for seven years. And when I was in Charleston, I was treating a lot of young women from the College of Charleston. And I had a lot of moms calling me up, my, you know, my daughter's having problems with her hormones. And I just started seeing a lot of PCOS. Yeah. And then organically during uh, COVID, a lot of PCOS. Mm -hmm. And they just started showing up. And what started happening during COVID is that about 70% of the women reaching out to me had PCOS. Mm -hmm. So PCOS, I mean, the hallmark symptom of PCOS is elevated androgens. Mm -hmm. So causing facial hair, causing irregularities in a woman's period, causing acne and weight gain. And I just started thinking, but what's causing elevated androgens? Can you also Why? just break down yeah. what is PCOS for yes. anyone who PCOS, doesn't understand yes. it. So PCOS is a syndrome because it is a collection of symptoms, symptoms ranging from irregular cycles. Maybe some of your listeners, they may not even know they have PCOS. Their cycles are between 35 and 45 days. They may have facial hair. They may um, notice that they're, they have hair on their chest, their breasts, their thinning hair on their heads, acne, uh, difficulty losing weight. What are cysts on the ovaries? Is that and, diagnosed? Yeah. Do you have to have cysts on the no, ovaries? No, and I was just okay. going to say that. Oh, and explain I actually that. have a video on my website that Holy I cow. kind of go through through the description. No, because that a lot of doctors use that as a hallmark. Oh, well, you don't have cysts on your ovaries. So therefore you don't have PCOS. Ugh. Well, doc, I'm not getting my period. I have facial breakouts. A lot of women are put on a medication called spironolactone. Mm -hmm. And what is spironolactone? Well, it's, it's a 
it's a diuretic, but also what it does, it reduces testosterone. So these women start, mm. stop breaking out. And what happens with PCOS, the go-to in mainstream medicine, conventional medicine is a birth control pill. Yeah. So these women are not ovulating on a regular basis. Some women, 45 days, maybe some women, three months, six, six months, women having, it's the leading cause for infertility issues. Wow. I don't believe women are infertile. I believe that they're coming up against some obstacles mm -hmm. or obstructions that are keeping them from getting pregnant. No, I'll go through that because a lot of things with PCOS also apply to other hormonal issues. Mm -hmm. So, so you um, don't have to have cysts. Does that you mean do that not cysts, have to have? Cysts. Does that mean it's earlier that cysts are probably on their way, or it no, just, no? Maybe there never are a lot of women that don't have cysts. Okay, and I've had a lot of women. Great question. I really, I love where this is going. I've had women there say, "Well, my doctor told me six years ago I don't have cysts on my ovaries, so therefore I don't have PCOS." Mm -hmm. And I'm like, "But you have elevated testosterone." Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're, you're showing elevated DHEA and your borderline, your blood sugar, your, your A1C is a little elevated. Another marker actually is uric acid, which I think they should mm -hmm. test. Uric acid, we look at for gout. Mm -hmm. But when you're looking at, you know, pre a precursor or a flag for possible insulin resistance, we look at elevation of uric acid. So when I start seeing things, I like to see uric acid around five. And they're always with gout, they're looking at the, the level of, well, if it's not like, you know, seven, then it's, then mm -hmm. we're, um, if it's seven, it's gout, but you have to also, it's a great marker for so the uh, symptoms, insulin resistance. So the symptoms of PCOS and gout kind of overlap. So that's how you Well, it's not, it's a different or... way. Actually, it's a different, you, we should look at uric acid for insulin resistance. Mm. So a lot of times what I do is we can look at A1C, but you also have to look at fasting insulin. And, and fasting insulin will tell us a lot about before we even get to that diabetic state or pre-diabetic state of where the A1C is creeping up, because that's a marker for diabetes and type 2 diabetes. But there are precursor markers. I mean, if women, I mean, I can just look at symptoms. And I think part of it, too, so you, I have women that have gone to their doctors and quite a few, it took 10 years, six years, five years before they were diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And they had every classic symptom. Mm -hmm. And a lot of women are so frustrated because their doctors are like, well, eat less and exercise yep. more. Yep. That's so not the, the, the issue. The spironolactone or would just be suppressing the symptoms, just, but not getting down to the root cause. And the same, and, and getting back to the birth control pill is that if a woman isn't ovulating, doesn't it seem counterintuitive to put a woman on a yep. pill right. that reinforces non-ovulation and mm -hmm. i'm like so and what women are experiencing a lot of women have said well meg when i'm on the pill i have a regular period i said you're not having a period you're having a withdrawal bleed it's a chemically induced yes. bleed it's not a real menstrual yep. cycle because once you go off the pill mm -hmm. you're not you, you don't have a regular cycle mm -hmm. so, I'm so glad you explained that because people actually don't they think it's a period nope. it's like nope it's nope. this is a fake not. period it's, it's a fake, fake it's a fake it's fake and mm -hmm. you know what they're giving you as hormones are synthetic they're mm -hmm. just chemicals that mimic you, estrogen you, and progesterone do you by chance know the story behind why they allowed a fake 
like bleed. Wasn't it like when they were creating the pill? I think they it, were trying to mimic. They were trying to mimic because because it was freaking people out that they weren't bleeding at all. So they created well, but, 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 so they created a, a fake of- bleed. And yeah. so like women were just like this, I, I'm not bleeding. People were freaking out. So they induced it. It just blows many, my mind. But it blows my mind that there are a lot of women on various types of birth control and they're not bleeding at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They have no sense. I mean, I'm going to go off on a little tangent here and I've talked about this on podcast. When, when you're in the birth control pill or if you're on the Mirena ring or any type of uh, hormone contraceptive based Mm -hmm. contraceptive you have no sense of when your testosterone is rising Mm -hmm. when your estrogen is rising and when it's being met by progesterone so what gives you that mojo towards mid-cycle is the estrogen and testosterone it's about time to ovulate Mm -hmm. and then suddenly you ovulate and you release a follicle and then there starts the stimulation of progesterone and progesterone is very calming and soothing and it meets the, you know, it, it meets estrogen. It's very balancing. So women don't, so when I describe the cycle to women, I say to women, this is a way to look at your cycle. Every month you have the opportunity to give birth to something in your life aside from a baby. So when you look at the flow of leading up to ovulation, your creativity increases. You have this sense of awareness and confidence. It's really wild when women start paying attention to their cycle. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to create in the world? What do you want to put out there? Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the cycle is how do you hone in on that? Mm-hmm. What are you cultivating in your life? Mm-hmm. And then when you go through the time of your bleed, it's like, what did you give birth to? Or what do you still want to work on? But also, where do you want to go within yourself to say, hmm, what could I work on now in my life? What's, where are the wins and where are the things that I'm feeling challenged by and what can I lean into in my next cycle? Mm-hmm. So every month gives us that beautiful opportunity. Women on birth control don't have that. There's yeah. no point of reference. Right. Mm-hmm. So I have a lot of gals that have been on birth control, let's say for PCOS, and they start at the age of 13, 14, which I think is insane. It's insane. And they're still on the pill at the age of 28. There is no... They have no sense of their hormones. And I mean, that was connect. me. I think I started yeah. not for PCOS, but like my periods were bad. I think I started birth control mm. around 16 Yikes. and didn't get off of it until 25, wow. 26, maybe. And my Thanks. period after I stopped it, I didn't get a period for about a year and a half. I was like, oh my gosh, what if I never get a period again. But what is so amazing is when it finally did, I, I was like, you know, the whole moon cycle thing that feels really woo to me. Like, I don't know about all that. And, you know, my period was gone for a year and a half. And then when I finally got my cycle back synced and on track, it's like in line with like full moon, my period. Amazing. Ovulation, new moon. It's wild. (laughs) I'm like, okay, something's going on here. That's so cool. (laughs) And there's something so beautiful about being in aligned in that rhythm of your hormones. And so getting back to, to PCOS. So what I noticed with the women that are having PCOS, I thought what we see hallmark elevated androgens. So what does that mean for, so maybe around, it can be up to 80% of women have issues of insulin resistance. And what that basically means is that insulin released by the pancreas is saying, saying to the cells, okay, I want to, I want 
glucose to enter my cells. I want to create energy so I can do what I need to do during the course of the day. But those insulin receptor sites on the cells are not responding. So the pancreas releases more. So you have these elevated levels of insulin. Those elevated levels of insulin also are responsible for the ovaries producing androgens and these excess androgens in response to the elevated insulin keep the body from ovulating. So you're not ovulating. So those, so the ovaries are producing that testosterone interfering with ovulation. So what I look at, how do I drive down the insulin? So I, I'm going to look at someone's diet, how they're eating, and I'm looking at lifestyle and I'm looking at the gut. The gut is a really important part, but I'm going to take a step back. What if women that have that develop PCOS, because it's not a gene, you don't have this gene mm-hmm. that says you're going to have PCOS. Yeah. It's more of an epigenetic thing that, you know, when you're dealing with epigenetics, you're looking at the modification of one's genetic expression, not the actual genetic coding. Yeah. So what I look at, well, why are these women, why are some women having susceptible to insulin resistance? Why are they having all these androgens? Why are they breaking out? Right. So a lot of research is showing that in utero, women are exposed to chemicals and from BPA to heavy metals and also part of that picture. And I'll go into that too. A lot of these women are exposed to androgens from their mother. Mm-hmm. So let's go into the, the chemicals. So our environment, we're just bathed in environmental chemicals. Right. And there was a few studies done by the environmental working group. And I think one was down done in 2009. And at that time in don't quote me on this. I think they had found, they tested, they drew blood on 10 umbilical cords and they found it, I think around 260 toxins, Mm -hmm. probably today it'd be about 800. So that means that mommy unintentionally is passing these toxins along to her baby in utero. So kids are born with a toxic load. Mm -hmm. But what we're finding for women with PCOS are these chemicals these plastics and glyphosates and all this other stuff is disrupting insulin signaling and disrupting endocrine signaling during utero development. And then if you couple that with, which they're finding for a lot of women, that if their moms have elevated androgens, which is part of the PCOS picture. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't want to, and I'll go into why I'm always, it's important to clear those androgens. If women don't clear those elevated androgens before they get pregnant, mm. their baby's exposed to that. And then babies are going to be them, predisposed so for PCOS. Predisposed, but also mm. predisposed to ADD and ADHD. Interesting. So oh. you, you have this crazy town cocktail going on. Mm-hmm. And what is important, and studies are showing women with PCOS do not clear heavy metals and plastics and chemicals in the same way that women without PCOS. Interesting. So you have this like kahuna double whammy. They're exposed to stuff in utero, disrupting their endocrine system, disrupting their insulin signaling. Mm -hmm. See? Yeah. 
So it's not just like eating too many sugars and carbs. It's no. your exposure to chemicals when you're in utero. It's your exposure to chemicals now. It's that It's your body's that, inability yes. to detox those chemicals. Yes. And so it's messing with the endocrine system and its ability to have proper hormonal function. So now what? <laughs> so now what do women do? So now what is, so what I, it, it really just started hitting me over the years, a few years. And I thought, well, wait a minute. If they're not clearing chemicals, how is this influencing them? So also another piece that I will tie in, like 99% of the women that have PCOS, their guts are compromised. Yeah, They have dysbiosis. They have a leaky gut. I see a lot of parasites. Mm-hmm. Do you know what's interesting and is we've we've had a couple gutsy members do like the cell core parasite cleanse and oh, um, like so the whole cell core detox or the whole foundations yeah. protocol and their hormone cycles will completely change, you know, and yep. they weren't expecting it. Oh, like they're like, yeah, I, I went from like a 54 day cycle to normal 28 yeah. day cycle or yeah. I had endometriosis and now it's going away slowly. You know, it's like mm-hmm. and now it's manageable. And so it's just it's just been really interesting to hear people's experiences as they're cleaning up their guts and they're doing parasite cleanses. It's like they were trying to do it for something and they got hormone rebalancing again. And it's just like, what? How is that connected? And but you're explaining what? to us now that how it's connected. But Shanique, also, they're in that cell core protocol, they're given binders. Yes, for chemicals and heavy metals and the HMET. Yes. So there are binders. Yes. Pull, you know, for the listeners, binders are a lot of people might be familiar with clay Mm -hmm. and charcoal. And these are binders that when people are going on detoxes, they may use that. That's only pulling toxins out through the the gut, the GI tract. Mm -hmm. These type of binders through CellCore, which is, I'm not, it's not like an infomercial, but it's changed (laughs) my life and the life of clients. (laughs) We have this carbon technology Mm -hmm. where it's pulling toxins out on a cellular level from the organs and the tissue, and it goes beyond the blood brain barrier. Mm -hmm. So you're cleaning up the gut. And also when you pull out, Parasites, and I, I, I want to get back, I'm going to tie it all in. Parasites harbor heavy metals mm-hmm. and plastics yep. and mycotoxins. So what I do, I do a gut zoomer for people, and I also do a toxic burden test. I check for the heavy metals and the plastics mm-hmm. and the mold. When you test for chemicals, plus, I mean, does oh. anybody ever come back in a good range? Sometimes it doesn't show up. Do they? If they get little, can I share a little story? I don't think totally. it was a gentleman. I had somebody this morning, eight o'clock, and went over his report. It looked like he slept inside a hammock that was made out of an inner tube of a tire, what? and he lived in a gas station. Oh, his levels were through the roof. Wow. And I was like, what the heck? What the heck? And he had some hormonal stuff going on. And I said, and so we finally met and I said to him, we're, I'm trying to figure out what's going on. So I met, I went, did you, did, did you, did you work on cars as you were a kid? He's like, yeah, I worked with my dad on the car in the garage. Yeah. My dad was like a used car salesperson. He owned, you know, a business. Wow. And he said, yeah, we used to get all these solvents and stuff mm. on our hands. And I went, oh my God. Labs said, don't lie. And I, said, tell a story. and I said, we're going to be clearing toxins that you were exposed to in his early 30s that have been in your system for over 20 years. Whoa. And he went, oh, 
Mm-hmm. And then we found mold. So how does this, this same thing with women. I've had high, some high chemicals, not like this gentleman, which was, oof. but it's very important for people to see like, wow, we really are clearing things out of our system. Yeah. And that helps women to stay more committed to these changes that I make. So I have a program that I do with women and I'm going to be doing webinars on this and offering it to people because, oh, I'm going to get choked up. It makes me really concerned. You know, I'm seeing like at least I think 20 to 30% of women are somewhere on the spectrum for PCOS. And I feel that all these women And other women, too, that maybe we haven't checked, even women with endometriosis, they're not clearing toxins. They're not clearing estrogens. Women Mm -hmm. that have PCOS have elevated estrogen because it's never being, they're not ovulating. Mm -hmm. You know, you have this LH surge, ovulate, ovulate. You have all this estrogen. It's never met by progesterone. You know, they'll get, if they're not on the pill, they get this buildup in their system and I was going to say they get a buildup of their lining. And at times their docs will, will put them on progesterone to, to help them shed. But the point is, I have to make sure these women detox estrogens because women yeah. with PCOS are at higher risk from estrogen-related cancers. The big kahuna, anytime I work with women, I'm always thinking down the road. I think in terms of, yeah. can you get pregnant naturally? Yes. And I'll go through that. When you do get pregnant, I want to make sure that you're, you know, you're, you don't go into gestational diabetes and hypertension, right, right. but also they're at risk for cardiovascular issues. That's the biggest thing. When Can women have- do not resolve PCOS, yeah. I had a woman that was in her 50s that came to me with PCOS. She had gout, she had kidney issues, she had diabetes, and she had non-alcoholic fatty liver. And this is something wow. we don't talk about. Women with PCOS are very susceptible to fatty liver. Wow. Wow. So, so, so here's yeah. a question. Going back to the whole pregnancy thing, women that have a hard time oh getting gosh. pregnant, women that get mm-hmm. pregnant and ha- just have rough pregnancies. Like to me, that's always been red flags where I'm like, your body is just not supporting. Like your hormones are just not in rhythm. Would you say that's true with like your understanding of hormones and and all that because like women that have easy pregnancies like the first trimester I can always gauge by the first trimester if they have a really rough first trimester it's just like mm, like something's off like it shouldn't be that hard right like it should I mean you should have some kind of nausea but if you're just like you just can't eat anything you can't keep anything down it's like your body's really struggling and your hormones are just not supporting you you. and then when it carries on into second and third trimester and it's just like like your body needs tremendous support right now and it's not getting it. Like, what are your thoughts? That's very interesting because I'll have women say to me, oh, my mom was like this. Well, Mm. we have to take a look at how open were your drainage pathways? How well did mommy detox? What was mom's gut like? Right. Um, And I don't want to generalize for everyone, but I found in my opinion, when I work with a lot of women and really do detox work and change their diet, and I want to go through what that actually is. Yeah. They have milder morning sickness. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a little yeah. of it is kind of good indication that there's a right. baby there. There's something going on. But but when it's really overpowering and it's debilitating, mm-hmm. I, I, I question that. And I also feel, I, I've always said to women, if you're going to get pregnant, start thinking about taking care of preconception, start detoxing. 
Mm-hmm. And women, and the concern that I have when I work with women that have PCOS that come to me trying to get pregnant naturally, they're like, well, I'm going to give this four months and then I'm going to go ahead and mm-hmm. I'm going to do some type of assisted fertility treatment. I'm like, yeah. I need to get your androgens down. Yeah. Yeah. We need to, and, and that can take PCOS, months, months and months and months. It can take a year. Mm-hmm. It can Thank take you a year. for seeing that. Yes. It takes mm-hmm. a year. And I've, I've had two women in my program and they've been trying for a while. And one of them called me as she was entering uh, the third month of the program. And she's like, I'm pregnant. Well, I tested like, and she's doing fine. Amazing. And she had super amazing. mild morning Aww. sickness. She did really well. And then another woman just called me and I started her. She did you know, some of the foundational stuff and doing some of the paracleanse. And she's like, she called me three days ago. I'm pregnant Aww. and I'm really nauseous. <laughs> and I said, I think you're more than six weeks. Uh-huh. So, but she had been working with me for about four months, Amazing. but it's very important to open up those pathways of detoxification and pathways of drainage. And mm-hmm. there is this really amazing naturopath that I, I want to have on my show. His name is Stuart Hoover. Mm-hmm. Stuart Hoover was one that coined the fit phrase foundational medicine. Stuart Hoover is the pioneer of fulvic and humic acid. Mm-hmm. So I want to bring this in and tie it in for women. What's very important when you're trying to clear toxins in the body, you want to open up the liver and the bile duct, you want to open up the lymphatic system, you want to open up the kidneys, you want to clean up the gut, you want to get a good microbiome. Mm -hmm. So you think of your body as a pool, and then you have all these filters leading into the pool, and the filters are gunky. You can either throw clean water in, or let's try to open up the filters so we can drain out the gunk to allow that clean water to stay clean. That's what drainage is. So a lot of people go into detoxification And these areas are not opened up and everything's backing up. So what I find when I work with women, the very first thing I look at, I've got to make sure they're digesting their food. Mm Got to make sure they're not constipated. Yeah. If you're constipated, I I had a woman the other day going twice a week. A doctor thinks that's okay. Yikes. Yikes. You should go twice a day, you guys, (laughs) not twice a week. (laughs) So, so women are like, well, Meg, what do you do with PCOS? So when a woman comes to see me and a lot of times I figure out they have PCOS, if it looks like a duck, walks like a duck, looks like a duck, it's PCOS. Yeah. It's a duck. Yeah. And I said, I don't care what your doctor says. Your periods are irregular. You're having the worst time losing weight. You're having these sugar cravings. Do you have acne? Your hair is thinning. Mm -hmm. I don't care if your testosterone tells me you're in range. I don't think you're metabolizing it Mm -hmm. efficiently or you're detoxing it. There's something amiss. Mm -hmm. So I do stool testing and I I test for chemicals and and mold and and all these other things. But the first thing I do, I want to make sure that they're pooing regularly Mm -hmm. or if they're having loose stool I've got to make sure that I address that. I've had women come to me trying to get pregnant and they couldn't get pregnant and had the worst loose stool. They were losing nutrients. And once I addressed that, they got pregnant. So what we do, I want to make sure that women are detoxing estrogen efficiently through the bowels. And if there's an elevation of an enzyme, you probably know this beta glucuronidase, doesn't allow women to detox estrogen well. What's beta glucuronidase? What was that? It's an enzyme in the Mm -hmm. gut, Mm -hmm. in the bowels, and it gets out of balance. Mm -hmm. If there's an overgrowth of bacteria, 
It's a response. Mm. So when this enzyme is elevated, it can be a, a definite marker. Women are not detoxing estrogen. I, I had somebody who a few years ago, hadn't seen her for a few years and she reached out to me and we started doing some telehealth. And I said, let's do a stool test. And she had breast cancer mm-hmm. and uh, was in remission a few years and then decided, you know, I need to work with, with you. I really want to change my diet. In the interim, waiting for the, the results to come back, her beta-glucuronidase was through the roof. Mm. And then she had another episode of breast cancer. Yikes. So so, so how do you fix that? You just fixed well, your microbiome? she went into therapy. I mean, she continued with her therapy. We didn't, mm. I think, we didn't continue at that point. But, but what would um, you do with someone like that? Would you just like fix their microbiome, help them detox? I, I'm, making, I'm methylation, making sure mm. they're efficiently detoxing um moving estrogens out of the body perfect, and, you know, looking at the diet, making sure they're eating a lot of cruciferous vegetables, high in endol three carbonyl, which converts to dim. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dim is something very important that helps in efficiently detoxing estrogen. But I have women eat a lot of cruciferous vegetables. Mm -hmm. And I want to make sure that they're getting a lot of protein. And I will put this out to women, and I highly respect the choice that you want to make. Women that are vegan or vegetarian are the most difficult in trying to resolve any hormonal imbalances, particularly PCOS, because if you're having insulin resistance, the last thing you want to do is spike your insulin levels, and that's a carb-based diet. Beans are carbs. Rice is carbs. Right. So- like lentils, like they're, they're carby. Yeah, they I have love, some protein, it, but they, they're carby too. They're pretty but carby. But they're a carb mm-hmm. in my world. Mm-hmm. So when end I'm living off of soy. Yeah. You live, yeah, ooh, which is ooh. not a good choice. Mm-hmm. So when I work with women, I, I really want to make sure they're getting a lot of diversity and leafy greens, high in folate. Folate helps in healthy genetic expression and methylation and detoxification. Mm-hmm. A lot of cruciferous vegetables. I try to have them do a green juice each day, putting um, a couple of big bunches, ends up being about three, four cups of greens into mm-hmm. their blender, about 10, 12 ounces of water, piece of ginger. And then I add to Love that, it. I'll add some bitters. So I'll add dandelion, opens up the liver. Ooh, Perfect. Bitter is good. And mm-hmm. it's quite bitter. And and have, and uh, I said half a lemon and just, you know, whirl it up in the blender, drink a juice each day, not just the liquid, eat the whole, drink the whole mm-hmm. plant. Yes. That's what you want. Yes. So I, I look at how they're eating. I look at, again, I do, as you probably do, I look at how do I open up drainage pathways? Yeah. How do I clean mm-hmm. up the gut? It's, you know, finding specific probiotics that they may yeah. need and, Looking at lifestyle, making sure people are moving and also dealing with stress. Stress is huge. It's so big. But it takes, you know, it takes months. It, it, It takes a while. We're looking to regulate the cycle. We're looking to establish realign hormone signaling, giving the body permission Mm -hmm. to ovulate each month. So I use a lot of different types of herbs to help in that process, supporting adrenal function, making sure women have magnesium and B vitamins and DIM and, and looking at licorice and ashwagandha and black cohosh. I look at, and chase bear, I look at a Mm -hmm. variety of things 
and it's not a cookie cutter recipe. Right. It so really isn't. I have to I figure to, out what they need. I wanted to ask you because a lot of women will just start taking dim. And I think there's very specific instances when you should take dim and shouldn't take dim. Um, that's a very, that's a hot one, right? Like, can you educate people a little bit? And like with licorice root, like that can raise blood pressure, you know? And so, so well, if somebody has a propensity to that, I don't, I, right. I don't, I mean, if somebody has it, I'm obviously not going to give them licorice, but mm-hmm. I haven't had that happen. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty good at kind of yeah. figuring out what, what they may or may not need. Mm-hmm. DIM is very helpful and you don't have to do a lot of it. I mean, dim, honestly, when you're eating cruciferous vegetables, you're converting you're getting, it into, mm-hmm. into dim. Yeah. And so what we, I we do tell believe- people is like, get a serving of cruciferous every day, right? If you're a female and you want healthy cups, hormones, like, three cups. oh, so three cups of cruciferous every day. Oh, do you, do you want, you want the Meg version? I, I do. Not, I, we all I want the Meg not, version. Lay it on us. I, I, let's yeah. go Mama Meg. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay, ladies. Tell us. Um, I, <laughs> I love this. The girls are great. Three, I try to have women aim for three cups of cruciferous and three cups of leafy greens. I love that. I every day love that. And if you see the way I eat, mm-hmm. I eat, I, I walk the talk. I eat a ton of greens. I love, love it. I have them in a juice. Mm-hmm. You, you have know- to eat greens and lean protein, yes. healthy fats. Can we talk about fruit for a second? Because a lot of people, again, like, because berry, yes, berries. And like a lot of people, when they think, a lot of people are like, I'm eating healthy, I'm gluten and dairy free. And it's like, well, you can eat dairy, gluten free bread and you can eat like gluten free cereal and whatnot. And so people are are mixing up gluten and dairy free with healthy. And what you're saying is we need nutrient density. Like, and so can you dense foods? So I I always tell people like, what a great point. And like eight servings of vegetables a day, like three cups of greens, three cups of cruciferous, maybe like one cup of something else. But um, like, let's talk about the fruit and let's talk about like, tell people what you're eating every day, paint them a picture because sometimes they think the picture is really unclear for people. And Mm -hmm. so here's, this is, here's a recommendation. A lot of people do shakes. Mm -hmm. Shakes don't always work for everyone. Like protein shakes. Is that what you're saying? Protein shakes. Mm -hmm. And, And I do that with, if people want to move in that direction. But when I was in Vietnam and I was worked in a hospital and clinic for about a month one summer and we're going back, oh my God, 25 years. Mm-hmm. And I was very used to at the time, like every other American, toast and jam and mm-hmm. coffee. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'd get up at six in the morning and they would put out this bowl of soup with fish or chicken and veggies and rice. Yeah. And I went, oh my God, it changed my whole mm-hmm. perspective on what breakfast is. I mean, yeah. Actually, before posting Kellogg's, people would have leftovers from dinner for breakfast. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going back, what, going back 120 years. So we've made breakfast into dessert. Yeah, we have. So I so said true. to women, I say to women, listen, you're here. Let me drive the car for a while. What if we changed your breakfast to something savory? Mm-hmm. And how would you feel? Because a lot of times people eat a lot of eggs. And I want to tap on the eggs and the gluten and the dairy because a lot of women have sensitivity in that area. Mm -hmm. And I I do testing. So I said, what if we have something savory? What would you feel? How would you feel if you had a really thick bowl of chicken or turkey soup? I don't care if it's stew. Mm -hmm. Because in my world, my my plate is 50% greens, Mm -hmm. 20% carbs, like a half three quarters of a cup of maybe a starchy veggie mm-hmm. and then a good six ounces of protein. Mm-hmm. Nice. So I'm, I'm looking at 
30, 40 grams of protein. Women don't need enough protein. And yeah. they're like, oh my God, I can't do protein. I'm like, yes, you can. You can protein and you should. It's really going to cut those sugar cravings. It's going to mm-hmm. satiate you. It's going to balance out your blood sugar. And then healthy fat. Mm-hmm. Fat does not make you fat. Yeah. Carbs make you fat. Yes. Sugar makes or you fat. carbs can make you, I, I don't want to, carbs can yeah. make you resist it. Yeah, yeah. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to go down that path. We get it. Because, um, yeah, I'm not about diets. I'm about a well-balanced diet. I also, yep. and I'll tie in, I want, when women say to me, I want to lose weight, and said, I want to keep you, I want to get you at a healthy BMI. Mm-hmm. I want to get you at a BMI, even like below like 25, maybe 24, 23, 20, you know, 22. But when you're hitting 30, one at 30 BMI or above, you're in a complete state of inflammation. And one out of three women that have a BMI of 30 or above are have PCOS. Wow. Wow. That's so this is not about celebrating the, the, the size of who we are. Mm -hmm. I just want you healthy. And on the other end of the spectrum, I don't want women at 18% body fat. Mm -hmm. I want them in the low Mm twenties when you're trying to get pregnant and fight me on that. So getting back to that beautiful plate of 20, 30, 50 and, and healthy fat, one or two tablespoons of fat. I want that for breakfast. I want that for lunch and I want that for dinner. And guess what happens when women do this? They get pregnant. Mm -hmm. They start getting their cycle. Mm -hmm. They stop breaking out. Combination of things. They start becoming good mothers to themselves. There are apothecaries in the kitchen. I encourage Mm -hmm. women to to get off, you know, doing takeout. And I said, let me drive the car. Let's try this food program. It isn't a diet. This is how I eat. Yeah. It's a lifestyle it makeover. Good. It's, it's not a, a diet. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. This is like something that you you marry for forever and yeah. nurture your body through, right? And so you you want to fall in love with it and and yeah. have it be a part of your 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 culture now, your lifestyle culture. So, yeah. And and a lot of what we also see, what I see with PCOS is I'll see a lot of thyroid issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. So when women are not detoxing estrogens or their estrogen levels are are high, sometimes can influence. Mm -hmm. Uh, thyroid hormones. Mm -hmm. So it's really important to make sure that we're looking at what people are eating. One of the issues with wheat, it's the hybridization of it, the glyphosate, we just don't digest it. Right. So anyone that's woman that's having difficulty with PCOS, I really encourage them to get off wheat. It just doesn't work. Yeah. And dairy can, can contribute to acne. You know, we're cow's milk, sheep's milk. Mm-hmm. You're you're drinking hormones that are meant for little calves, mm-hmm. little yeah. sheep. Right. right. Yep. Wow. And I find um, I have a program that I've been doing. I have a four month and now I'm really going to extend it to six and more. I've got, you know, when I work with women, it's I say lean in for the next six months. Let's really clean yes. everything up because I'm working with a lot of women that are either trying to get pregnant or know they want to have babies. And I do encourage women. I've had some women come to me and they're like, well, I want to work on my PCOS, but I want to stay in birth control. Interesting. It's like, Mm -hmm. I, I, I can't, I, I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Like, like there's too many cooks in the kitchen there as far as like the hormone cocktail goes. Right. And it's just like, we can't override some of these, these, these cooks. (laughs) 
And and women say, you know, what birth control can I use? And, mm-hmm. you know, I used to say to women, oh, do the copper IUD. But that creates an inflamed cervix. That's yes. Not can you explain either. the copper IUD? Because everyone's like, well, I do the copper IUD, so it's fine. What is happening when they do copper IUDs? It creates an inflammatory state of the cervix. So and the, it's, it's the, the sperm, you know, it, it keeps the sperm from getting on the other side. Mm-hmm. So it acts as a but barrier and it causes it inflammation barrier, yeah. in the cervix. It causes, yes. That's so and nobody wants inflammation in any sexual no, organ. Like no, that's just, no, you don't want inflammation anywhere in the body. And right. I was at a conference at a soul core conference mm-hmm. and I almost got beaten up. I was like, well, what about the copper IUD? They were like, no copper. IUD. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> no, it causes inflammation. I said, mm-hmm. Oh, but here's, you know, this is where it gets very tricky too. Women want to find a form of birth control, right. but I want to stay with PCOS. Mm-hmm. I say to women, if you're in a relationship and you're mm-hmm. working with me, you can get pregnant. When, so I said, don't think so, you can't. Mm-hmm. You can just because you haven't been able to get pregnant right. for the past few years. Yeah. So you have to use condoms. Mm-hmm. You, I mean, you've got to have a barrier there. Yes. You, you got to use condoms. Mm-hmm. And that's going to end. So or the I rhythm can, method, right? Right. Like people, some people not swear when by you it. Have PCOS because you don't know. Oh, you don't have a rhythm. That's right. Oh, my God. Oh, I'm girl, so. You don't know what you're going to. You don't know yes. when that little Joey's going to come along and meet Susie. And then they have little baby Debbie. You don't know. <laughs> I'm so glad I said something because I'm like, yeah, no oh, yeah, you have no clue. Don't yeah, do that. Use clue. condoms. Yeah. Use condoms. <laughs> you gotta, you know, Disclaimer, really gutsy yeah. health is not providing any advice on when to use no. certain virtual no. methods. <laughs> no, we are not trained professionals There's, on this. Can, can I tell a joke really fast? Uh, what do they What do they call um, people that use the pull-out method? Oh, I was going to tell Parents. a joke on that one. Ah! <laughs> oh, do you know what I was going to say? What were you going to say? I- I'm one of 10. I'm like, practice rhythm like my mom. That <laughs> yep. You will have 10. Just pra- yep. And that's what they did. You know? I was like, mm, that worked And they well. popped out 10 kids. That's so funny. Oh my God. Yeah. People, and uh, withdrawal is not a mm-hmm. form of birth control. No. The, yeah. pu- nope, the pull-out method. No. Nope. Pull-out method. Uh, uh, uh. It's not that effective. So, <laughs> so when I, you know, just to really recap, what I do when women come to see me, I want to detox them, open up those drainage pathways. I want to address there any insulin resistance through diet and supplementation. Mm-hmm. That might be chromium picolinate with uh, alpha lipoic acid. Mm-hmm. Another great kahuna, which I'd love to share, berberine. Mm-hmm. Berberine is as effective yes. as metformin. For yeah. some, so some people it isn't. No. And it's but, good for microbial imbalances too. It's yes, anti-inflammatory. It's good for the gut. <laughs> yeah. It's good for blood sugar regulation. Like oh, yeah, Berberine is this magical, magical thing that everyone should probably do. It's really good. And and I discovered there is a candibactin BR and it's made by Metagenics. And I'm looking at the time too. And we could go on for days. I know, we totally and could. <laughs> I'll have to come back. We'll just have to yes, continue. Let's just this. be around too. And, and I was like, and when I started using it like 15 years ago, I was like, wow, this mm-hmm. is really cool. Mm-hmm. These women are starting to ovulate again. Mm-hmm. It was a berberine. I love it. But Here's something too. You can take all the supplements you want in the world for PCOS. If you are not getting sleep, if you do not have yes. downtime, and if you are not addressing stress, mm-hmm. your cortisol level, your insulin levels are high. I just yep. went through this with a client of mine who's a chef, and I really do want to share it. She's still, you know, her doc is concerned. 
I said, you are working full time. You're going to school mm-hmm. at night and you, you, you have no downtime. Right. You have to take something off your plate. Yeah. Cause I said, I can't make a dent yeah. until you get sleep yep. and downtime. Mm-hmm. She looked at me and she said, okay. I said, you've got to make a choice right mm-hmm. now. I'm so mm. glad. Yeah. I'm so glad you like this laid down true. the law like that. Yeah. It's like, you can't, you can't override. Yeah. Like yes. psh, you can't override you a stress response. Mom. You're mama Meg. Mm-hmm. Mama, mama Meg. Meg. And, and Jenny it. gets it because she, she's the gutsy mom. <laughs> but, but you have to, you, have to. you know, women are coming to yeah. me yeah. and like, and I say to the women that want to work with me, if you want to lean in, mm-hmm. if you want to transform your life, I'm the person to work with. If yeah. you're not ready, then maybe it's not a good fit. And 100%. I said that to her and look at me. Good for you. That's I love great. It. Yeah. I was like, if you want to do the work, I'm going to show up. Yeah. I'm tough with a lot of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, I really, I really I care. can tell that. You are just like, yeah. I just adore you. Like if you <laughs> lived in Utah, I'd be like, Mama Meg, can we go out for tea, please? Like, oh, like you're so rad <laughs> and like you're so warm. That. Where do you live? You? That's so funny. I live now in Atlanta. Oh, okay. Move to Utah. Can be my friend. (laughs) Like seriously, like what, like people that work with you probably just have a blast because like you're so knowledgeable, but you are warm and like, I'm I'm no potty mouth. When I work with clients, I'm like, what the, (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, what did your doctor say to it you? It snaps them out what of their state, you, you know? Yeah. You, gotta, yeah. you gotta keep people on their toes. Oh, and I want to say, if I can say one more thing, yes. and another issue that I see with women with PCOS that have been on a lot of antibiotics for skin mm, and yes. Accutane, it has yes. trashed their guts. Yes. So I'm so glad you said that. look at that. Mm-hmm. And I, that's another thing I see. I mean, yeah. years of like, oh my God. You know, it's we funny. We didn't even get into it. There's a antibiotic antibiotics are my my uh, my husband he had colon cancer and and mm. died from it but he was on accutane and years and years of antibiotics and i'm pretty sure oh you know God. and then he had ibs as a kid and i'm just like of course yeah. it was like the perfect storm perfect in your storm. gut you know what i mean like of course you had all this inflammation and all this dysregulation and whatnot and and there was a, a an article that came out about research about young people like in their 30s and their 40s getting colon cancer and it's the surge and researchers mm-hmm. are thinking it's because of all the antibiotics and all these medications and you know, like the Accutane and the, you know, whatever. And so it's just, yeah, a really good, important thing to be mindful of, especially with hormones and just health in general. So, and, and also your microbiome is also important in hormone signaling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it's you and, and for neurotransmitters, it's not coming through the gut. It's the nutrients that you eat they go to the nervous system in the brain and that's where those neurotransmitters right. of serotonin and GABA are, are created. Yeah. So Meg, this has been so rad. Like I've just enjoyed Aww. listening. Like normally I, I, I talk a lot with people, but I was just like sitting here just in awe, that's just right. listening. I was just like, keep going, keep going. That's like when this you know is, we have a really this is good rad. Like, like don't keep, have much to say. Right. I'm just like, like just keep Aww. telling us all the things. So Meg, thank you so much. And I know listeners oh, are going to love you. this. And how can thank people you, find you. you online well, and like, how, how do they get more Meg, Mama Meg? They get more Meg. Well, people can reach out to me, and maybe you'll put this in the show notes, at MegRichichi.com. I have all my contact information on my website. I have a podcast, which is also listed on my website, called The Hormone Lifestyle Zone. I will be back to Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. I am on Instagram at underscore PCOS Revolution underscore. And I'm also on Instagram at Hormone Lifestyle Zone. 
Awesome. Meg, thank you so much. This has been such a treat for, for us. And I know Can listeners too. Yes, absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Uh, I, I would I, love I, that. I really do mean this. I want to have the two of you on my, my podcast. We would that freaking would love it. Like Aww. absolutely love it. So I'm, I'm down like a clown. Let's do it. Totally. Okay. And listeners, we'll catch you next week. Thank you for tuning in and give us some feedback whenever you want. Leave a review and we'll catch you next week. Thank you for listening to the Gutsy Health Podcast. We hope you enjoyed and learned a lot from this episode. For more updates, follow us on Instagram at Gutsy Health Podcast.